to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Bo, in which we read about the last three plagues that afflicted the Egyptian people before the Jewish people were able to leave Egypt and go on their way to the Promised Land. So in this parasha, uh, the, the God, Hashem, uh, tells Moshe to please go to Pharaoh and tell him that the plague of the firstborn, which was the last plague and it was the most devastating plague of all, would take place at midnight. So Moshe nevertheless understood that Pharaoh's astrologers could err in the timing and then they would go to Pharaoh and tell him, eh, you see Moshe was, this is not going to happen or he's not right or there's no God because eh, it came at 12.05 instead of 12 p.m. So because of this Moshe, when he went to Pharaoh, he didn't say that the plague would take place at midnight. He said that the plague would take place around midnight. In that way he wouldn't confuse them and uh, if they mismanaged time, if they made a miscalculation, Moshe would be saved. So on the surface it is difficult to comprehend why was it necessary to inform Pharaoh of the time uh, which this plague of the firstborn would take place and Moshe could have said as had been his practice with the other plague simply that God would perform this plague uh, tomorrow. He didn't need to give a certain time. But the fact that Moshe did mention time uh, when the plague of the firstborn would take place indicates that this plague was really unique in its nature. It was not like the other plagues. And, um, and there is a very interesting connection to midnight that is attached to this plague. So much, so much so that Moshe had to tell Pharaoh when it would take place. And it was only because of the presence of Pharaoh astrologers that Moshe refrained from emphasizing the exact time of the plague. And the reason for this connection can be explained by highlighting the nature of the plague of the firstborn and its differences from the other plagues. And we see from here that there are two factors that are very interesting because in the other plagues like the Jewish people were not so active in the moment. In this plague Hashem asked the Jewish people to be proactive and the first one is that he asked the Jews to mark their doorposts and their lintels with the blood of the circumcision and the blood of the Paschal offering and this is why we call Passover Passover because on the night of the of the plague of the firstborn eh, eh, Hashem eh, brought devastation to the Egyptians the firstborn of every household would die and to protect the Jewish people from not being also eh, attacked in this plague he asked them to mark their homes so the angel of death would know which were the homes of the Jewish people and he would pass over these homes and in that way the Jewish people would be saved. And the other thing that God ordered the Jews to do was that no man should go out of the entrance of his house until the morning and the Jews were required to remain home throughout the night. They couldn't come out 
because the agent of destruction had been given license to destroy and it would not uh, look if this person is righteous or this person is not righteous and he would just go and, and, and kill anything that was in front of him. So we see here that, uh, that there's something problematic that the agent of destruction was given license to devastate with regard to the other plagues as well and yet the Jews did not require any special uh, protection. So what's the difference between the plague of the firstborn? What is it that it makes it unique in regard and what, uh, why was it necessary for the Jewish people to remain home and to put signs in their doorposts door to be protected? So we see here that the difference between the plague of the firstborn and the other plagues can be explained as follows according to the the, the Siha of a Sihot of Likutei Sihot of the of the Rebbe he explains that uh, with regard to the other plagues it cannot be truly said that the agent of destruction was given license to devastate because most of the plagues affected only financial resources they were uncomfortable the people were made uncomfortable and some people died in the plague but it wasn't like a plague that was intended to kill but this plague was intended to kill that was the whole purpose of the plague so we see here that the final plague the firstborn were were slain without restraint and the agent of destruction was given license to devastate and it was necessary for the Jewish people to take steps to protect themselves so they wouldn't be harmed so the deeper distinction can be made between the final plague and the nine earlier ones. The intent of the earlier plagues was a complete different intent than the intent of the last plague. So the intent of the other plagues, the first nine plagues, was that um, that was to generate awareness of God's presence in the world. Because before these plagues, the, the Egyptian people and even the Jewish people, they believed in, in gods, in deities, the Pharaoh was God, the sheep were God, and they didn't believe that there was a God that was in control of the world. They did believe there was a God that had created the world, but they never believed that this God was in control of the world and this God was very much in the world. They thought he had gone somewhere else. So here we see that the first plagues, the whole purpose of these plagues was to create this awareness of God and that God really is very present in our lives. So we see here that um, that God presence as it's written so that you can tell how I perform miracle signs among them and you will know that I am God and similarly it is written through this you will know that I am God so it was not only to bring awareness of Hashem to the world is also to know that I am God so that you know that I am God and so that you will know that there is none like me therefore there was no need for the plagues to affect the Jews for the Jews already possessed a certain amount of awareness of God. But the plague of the firstborn was different in this regard because the whole purpose of this plague was to destroy. That was the purpose. It was to finish off the, the work. Like these people didn't get it. 
nine plagues, suffering after suffering, and they just didn't let the Jewish people go, and this Pharaoh was a stubborn Pharaoh, and they wouldn't let go. They wouldn't understand that you have to let go and let God, and that there was a Hashem in the world, that there was God, and they didn't want to accept that. And because of that, the, the last resource that God had was to bring destruction to them. So they, since the intent of this plague was to punish them and destroy them, there was the attribute of ju judgment was, uh, was very much in effect. And, uh, <clears throat> and so the problem was that since God allowed the agent, agent of destruction or the angel of death, as you know, or they call him the angel Gabriel, to come with him to perform this plague, then there would be a lot of judgment in the world. And so what Hashem didn't want is that the angel of, of judgment would come and say, you know what, You're gonna, you want to kill the firstborn of the Egyptians, but look at these Jews. They're not such good people. They're not so... They're also wicked. Look what they do. They haven't done circumcision in ages. They don't keep your Torah. They, they pray to other gods. They don't conduct themselves as Jewish people. So this, this problem of judgment uh, would give the agent of destruction a leeway to be able to go and, and afflict the Jews the same way as he afflicted the Egyptians. So the, that's why God himself came down and he said to the Jewish people, you have to do these two mitzvot, you have to go and you have to promise me that you're going to do circumcision and you're going to uh, perform the, the sacrifice of the Paschal Lamb. So the the, the, because what it would happen here is that by the Jews doing this, they would create protection towards themselves because they were creating merits. And this is what was the whole purpose of these two mitzvot, it was to create merits so when the angel of judgment would come, Hashem could say to him, you know, but look what they were, they did this, they did these two mitzvot, which are a um, which are supra-rational and, and they are putting their life in danger to do them. So the, we see here that to understand why this plague was, was taking place at midnight, it, we learn from here that during the first half of the night, the attribute of Gevura, of judgment, of might is revealed. And this is reflected in the fact that, the, the, that as night uh, proceeds, the darkness increases. So the moment that the day turns into night, you're going to see that every hour that passes, it becomes darker and darker and darker. But the second part of the night, the second half of the night, is attributed to Hesed, to kindness, as it's revealed that as each hour passes, it starts becoming lighter and lighter. So at the midnight, these opposite tendencies fuse together. So Gevura and Hesed come together, and this is why this uh, plague was to take place at midnight, because at that time, if the angel of destruction would come and judge the Jewish people, then Hashem could use kindness, because midnight has the fusing of the two, and come and show the merits of the Jewish people, and in this way, they could be spared. So we see here, that, uh, that the, the time of the plague of the firstborn 
that God's essential love for the Jewish people was revealed in a way that a love that transcends all reason and logic. So the love that Hashem has for the Jewish people is the love that a parent has for his child. This is a comparison, like an analogy of that love. Like a, a parent sometimes turns his head away and doesn't want to judge his kid. He wants to give him the benefit of the doubt to be able to help him or do whatever. He's not so harsh on the child. So in the same way, Hashem has an essential bond which cannot be challenged by logic or complaint. So by telling Pharaoh that the plague of the firstborn would take place at midnight, Moshe Rabbeinu was alluding to the fact that there would be a revelation transcending the limits of the way in which the world was created. So we were not going to be limited to the, to, the, to the way in which God created the world. It would be transcendental and in that way Hashem could go beyond the Seder Ha'ishtal Hedut, which is the way in which he contracted himself to create the world. He could go over that and transcend and show his love towards the Jewish people. So although the essential bond between God and the Jewish people would be revealed, it was still necessary for the Jewish people to place signs in their doors, doorposts because this can be explained that the influence with which God endows us is drawn down to the earthly realm through our divine service. So our Hashem has this transcendental love towards the Jewish people, but for the Jewish people to be able to access that love, to be able to to benefit from that love, it has to be a reciprocal love. We have to show the love back. And if we don't show that love back, then, then we're in trouble because then we come and there's this uh, judgmental agent that he has and then Hashem can do anything about it because he's right. So the way in which we protect ourselves, in which the Jewish people can protect themselves from judgment, from severe judgment, from 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 the world is if we uh, build mitzvot, we're doing mitzvot and we're doing things that that bring merit to ourselves in that way we will be spared. So uh, Jacob, when he came out of the house of his father-in-law and he was going to meet his brother Asaph, he said, I'm scared because my merits have diminished. So what, such a sadiq, how could he be scared because his merit had, had diminished? What was he so scared about? And the, 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 it was that he had so much going on in his life. He had a beautiful family, he had 12 healthy sons, he had money, he was rich, he was young, he was handsome. So he felt that he ha didn't have enough merits that would protect him from his brother Asaph. So from here we see this again, it's the same idea that we Jews need to be always doing good, we should always be connected, we should always be doing Torah, learning Torah, doing mitzvot, gaining any merit that we can have, so the balance, eh, there's a balance and we're not like this. So we see here that the divine service that draws down the transcendental love must resemble that love, it must also transcend reason and it should go beyond the limits of our conscious power. So when we do this, it should be an effort. We, when it's easy, there's no merit. When we go against our nature, when we go against what's easy for us and we do things that are really self-sacrifice towards Hashem, 
like for example, I remember when I used started eating only kosher meat, and uh, at that time I said, okay, now if I'm eating only kosher meat, I cannot have a cappuccino after after lunch. I used to love having a cappuccino after lunch, but the Jew, when he eats meat, he has to wait six hours before he drinks milk. And in those days, there was no soy milk or almond milk like you could drink differently. In those days it was milk. So for me to give up the cappuccino after eating meat was something that really went against my nature. It was not something that I wanted to do, really. It was something that I did for Hashem. And when you do this, when you give of yourself, when you sacrifice, that's when you earn those, those merits and that protection. So what we see here is that the mitzvah of circumcision reflects such a bond because it is established with a Jewish child at the age of eight days and the child is, is uh, circumcised. And it's really, take any mother in her right mind who would put her kid eight days old to go, go through that. So it's really something supra-rational. It really transcends our limits of, of understanding of the world and, and, and everything. It just connects you to faith directly. And the mitzvah of bringing the Paschal offering requires tremendous mesiraf nefesh, self-sacrifice, because for the Egyptians, the, 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 the sheep were gods. They were worshiping them. And for a Jew to come and tell the Egyptians that they were going to sacrifice their animals, really, they were putting their lives in danger. They could have been killed. So these two mitzvahs, circumcision and the, and the paschal sacrifice, really brought out the love of the Jew towards Hashem and it transcended and this love was expressed through their revelations at midnight. So what we see here that we have to really take into our lives that it should be part of our of our daily life of the way we look at the world how we perceive the, 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 the doing of mitzvot in our life is that Faith begins when reason ends. And we cannot be these people that have to understand everything that we do, that Hashem asks from us. Because when we need to understand, then we kill that part of faith inside of us. It, it, it just, everything has to be intellectual and, 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 and logic. And when you live with intellectual and logic, then life is going to be intellectual and logic. But to be able to transcend and to live in a miraculous way, this is the way in which we have to do it. We have to really step up, get out of our heads, and just plunge in and live a life in which we are uh, sacrificing our, uh, our comfort zone, our animalistic desires, uh, all these things uh, for, for Hashem. And in that way, we really, we really come to, uh, to, to redeem ourselves and to be uh, redeemed and leave exile. And, uh, and in that way, uh, we also live a little higher. So I leave you here and live a little higher. Thank you.